0: Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Vintuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. So, um, after a testimony like that, (laughs) you come up and (laughs) preach. (laughs) Aren't we blessed with with, uh, people in our congregation that can then can give us messages like that, and, and that can touch, touch us so dearly. Aren't we blessed by people in our congregation that, that realize it's all about God, and not about us? Um, and uh, I just want to thank Rico and the team for, for just uh, giving us songs that, that minister the same message um, to us. It's about Christ. He's the only name to be remembered. He's the only one that is important. Um, We are only important because we are important to him Uh, and that's why we are so blessed because we don't need to be fearful of things that we don't need to fear. All of us have had the situation where we felt like an imposter, haven't we? So um, I find that there's um, this happening in the Christian community as it is in the secular community. Um, when you look at the secular community, uh, they, they've only discovered it recently. We've known about this for a couple of, long, a couple of <laughs> a thousand years, yes. Um, so, but in 1978, two ladies uh, decided, you know what, maybe this is a woman problem. Um, and then, when they, they did a presentation on the, the um, assumption, there were some men that said, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> we also struggle from this whole imposter syndrome. syndrome. Um, they say that the imposter syndrome is when you, when you see your successes as only uh, you're lucky, uh, and nobody has yet figured out that you're not as good as you think you are. And, and that same thing happens in our Christian community, isn't it? Uh, So many of us walk around and we are always fearful that somebody's going to figure out, I don't have it all together. Uh, Just this last week, um, I've had people asking me uh, or expecting me to jump in and help with uh, things, um, relational things. And I just couldn't. I just didn't have the capacity. And I think... um, before I realized that I'm not the center of the universe, it's Christ that is the center of the universe. I would have, I would have been condemning myself the whole week for not being able to be there for these people as I should be. Obviously, we want to be there for each other, but sometimes we fail. Just yesterday, um, we had um, my daughters had some friends over, and we watched um, what's this thing called. Uh, Miss Supra uh, National, where we won, by the way, just like. Um, <laughs> uh, and the one uh, lady made a comment about how men are, and I was standing there and thinking, am I, am I, uh, uh, is this okay? <laughs> are we okay here? Um, and and a f- just a few years back, that would have floored me. Uh, I would not be able to stand here today without feeling completely inappropriate and condemned. But what I've learned is that I try and I fail. And my my failing uh, doesn't matter because Christ matters. My good and my bad are both not important because Christ matters. It's about Christ. It's about Him making my life pure. So the answers to our challenges are in the Bible. The answers to where this whole imposter syndrome thing started are to be found in the Bible. And it starts with Adam and Eve. I I got a bit of a more modern picture, just so that I can be a little bit different. It starts with Adam and Eve. When uh, the serpent spoke to to Eve... um, he said to her, you will, not sh- you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, this is now the apple, all right, for those of you who didn't know, um, <laughs> eat of it, uh, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then when she looked at this apple, she thought, this looks like a good fruit. Yeah, let's try this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to give us some, some um, nice stuff. Right. so uh, what did the snake say? The snake said, you will be like God. And, and since then, we've always been trying to be like God, isn't it? We, we put ourselves in the center of the universe, and we say, hey, everything happens because of me, and uh, everything good happens because I'm, and that is where that transactional relationship is really based on that Senna was talking about. Because if I do good things, God is supposed to do good things for me, right? Uh, Who's in the center of that universe? Who's then God? Is it not you? And that is where we ended up because of our original fruit-eating ability, right? Uh, (laughs) Because of our original not trusting in God, our original not wanting to um, allow God to be God and us to be us. Right. So why did um, Eve eat that apple? Uh, The word put there is it makes us wise. So I went and looked at the, um, what that actually means, wise. Uh, and I found that it means intelligent, have good success and understanding. So we did all of this for intelligence, having good success and understanding stuff, right? That's, this is why we started out with this whole thing. And what did we get? <laughs> we got knowing good and evil. That's what we got. And, and for a lot of people, that doesn't really, so what? We got, yeah, you know what, good and evil. Okay, well, so what? Before we had that, that apple, we didn't realize what is good. We didn't realize what is evil. If you don't realize something, you can't condemn yourself for not being it, and you can't even think of doing it, right? So you just are. You can just be. Isn't that amazing? To just know that there was a time in our history where we could just be. So often we feel like we need to prove something. Uh, all those, those those people with the selfies and wild animals and stuff like that, we need to prove something. My whole life, I, I lived a life where I felt like I had to prove something. I had a challenge that uh, some people call, uh, refer to as a Little man syndrome, or uh, in Afrikaans, it sounds better, Klein Maniki syndrome, right? <laughs> so, uh, luckily, luckily, the, 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 the lovely people of our congregation have helped me to <laughs> to deal with this. They they gave me this sermon with this. They even gave me their title, and I I thought, okay, I will take the message, and I'll take this. <laughs> But they are so nice and kind, they put the, speaker, the mic a little bit lower so that I feel tall. Um, so, so it's such a, such a good thing, we're such a loving family, aren't we? Right. But now if you look at this whole thing between Adam and Eve and the snake and, and God and everything and the devil, uh, if you look at that, God said that they would die, right? The devil said they would not die. Um, They didn't physically die that day. They did die later. So some people say, okay, they started to decay from that day. That's cool. I think there might be something else here. There might be something else. How did knowing good and evil kill them immediately? If we look at the text, what happened? Immediately they saw they were naked, right? And they didn't have drums, so they used kind of leaves. Uh, to cover themselves up, right? Uh, so, so what happened? They, they had to hide behind a mosque. yeah? They realized how they were. They saw themselves for the first time with the idea of good and evil. And the first thing that happened was they wanted to hide from each other. They wanted to cover their flaws up, right? They were perfect, by the way. The most beautiful woman, the most beautiful man on the planet at that stage. But they still wanted to hide, right? There was something they wanted to keep away from the other. And then they did something even worse. They started to hide from God. You see, the relationship break didn't come from God. It came from us. We are the ones that ran away. We are the ones that died in that relationship that day. We are the ones that are still hiding and running away. Today still, we have this imposter syndrome thing. Am I good enough? Am I not good enough? And we try to put up this facade. And a lot of people, because they have this challenge, they start condemning others, don't they? Because I feel so so insecure about being safe in Christ and being good enough, I start looking at others. And I start condemning others because obviously there must be something wrong with you. Because if there's nothing wrong with you, then we need to look at me. And I don't like to look at me. So it blows my mind that the only, only being on this planet that knows you completely, better than you know yourself, we're hiding from. Isn't that where we start to die? Where we're afraid that somebody's going to figure me out Somebody's going to catch me out. Somebody out there is going to see I'm not as good as they think I am. So what's the solution? I think what started with the first Adam ended with the second. I think that's where it, where it actually boils down to. Uh, I think um, Paul got it so sweetly right in Philippians 3 verse 3, where he said, for we are the circumcision. We are already there. Before that, he talks about people saying, you must do this, you must do that, you must do this. And he says, we are the circumcision, which worship God in spirit. I think that is what Adam and Eve were doing before they fell. They were worshiping God in a way that is spiritual, that doesn't have any legality to it. It's just, it is. And rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. What does it mean to have no confidence in the flesh? I think that is where Adam and Eve were. Because, you see, when they were without the fall, they were living. They were living life the way God intended us to live lives. Without condemnation. Just with knowing that we're loved, and that perfect love that Senno mentioned can cast out all fear if we're there. You see, without Jesus, we are dead. That's why the gospel is such a good news, because it is life. When we look at our friends and our family that haven't accepted Christ, It's not like we're looking at somebody that's living and they can have a better life. On the contrary, they probably can have a better life on earth if they live in their sin. But it is somebody that is dead. If they don't have Christ, they're never going to live. And that is the challenge. The challenge is not... That we want people to have better lives, with more good things that they do, uh, and less evil that they do. The, the challenge is to get people to live. That's what it's about. Jesus makes us alive. You see, as with Adam and Eve, yeah, we, if we have Christ, don't need to cover up our flaws. Because God loves me with my flaws. Now, um, our good things are unfortunately also in that category, right? Because it's easy for me to accept, uh, my flaws are not that important. That's okay. I like that message. Ziggy, well done, right? But your good things are also just like, um, if I can use Paul's word, your good deeds are like done. We make such a big fuss out of our good deeds, don't we? If I've gone and I've evangelized 50 people this week or 500 people, whatever, that is great. I should continue with it. But does that make me like a first or second class? It doesn't make a difference. But I must want to do it, otherwise there's a problem, there's a challenge in my relationship If I don't want you to know my wife, do I have a relationship with my wife? I don't think so. No? I hope you all know who my wife is, by the way. She's over there, right? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So I believe Adam and Eve might have made mistakes. They might have. But there was never condemnation. They did not know how to condemn themselves or how to be evil for that matter. They... They did not know good or evil. Therefore, the enemy was powerless until they ate the fruit. Now, I think Joshua is a very good example of how God deals with this whole fear thing. Right. So let's have a look at just the first nine verses of Joshua. It starts out with God telling Joshua, uh, hey, Moses is dead. Now you need to do a couple of things. Right. OK. Um, And there's a whole history about that and I'm not going to go into that now. But what I want you to see in the text is that God said, I am giving it. It's not our work. It is God that gives it. It's always about Him. It's not about us. And then God carries on to tell him, um, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, And I read that and I thought, okay, a lot of people say everywhere he walked. But why doesn't it just say everywhere where your foot is or where you stand or where you walk? Why is it the sole of your foot? And I read on and I tried to figure out with my simple mind. um, And I read this text a little bit further in, in Joshua 5 verse 13, where he meets the commander of God's army, which some people say is Christ. And and he he walks up to him, and uh, the instruction is, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. And the light went on. And I realized, that sole of your foot, the ground is holy because God has already done it. You see, um, he carries on with that. I have given it to you. God has done it. We can walk in this life by knowing that God has done what is important. He's got it. It's in his hand. It's not about us. And you know what is also amazing? When you look at this text a little bit further, God says to him, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Why does God say that to Joshua? Is it maybe? Because... He knew that Joshua was afraid that the people are going to resist him. Like the first time, he said, let's go. Because the first time was him and Caleb that went over the, the, um, the river and looked on the other side and said, hey, these guys are big, but our God is bigger. We can do this thing. And they said to him, you guys are not OK. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they and they didn't listen to him. And he must still have had that in his his being. These people will not listen to me. They won't go with me. Right? So God is not surprised by your fears or your weaknesses. God knows you. He knows me. He knows what's going on in us. And we can trust him because of that. And then God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, when we go to the Old Testament and we read messages to specific people, uh, we, we, we want to take out the nice things, right? And this is a nice thing I would like to take out for myself, right? So um, I looked at that and I asked myself, but is this really for us as well? That God says, I will be with you. And I looked through the text and I saw him ending up um, later again saying, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I saw that that was the case for Joshua there. And in between it, he tells him, stick in the word, stick in the the law, do what it says, don't go to the left or the right, stick with it. And I I thought, is there another text? And the text that came to mind is Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Christ knew how important it is for us to know that he's with us. So this was the last thing he said, right? Um, And I'm just going to read it because I can't say it better than him. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So everything is his, right? It's all about him. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It's the same words that God said to Joshua, isn't it? Keep all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we know from scripture that is true for us as well. So let's have a look how this whole message to Joshua carries on. He says, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. God had a purpose for him. But I wonder if Joshua wanted to have this purpose, really. Imagine you go to a nation, you tell them, all right, God has done this for us. We're going to go over there. It's going to be awesome. And they tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. Would you want to take these people or their children to the promised land? Sometimes God gives us a purpose and we don't like this purpose. But that's not important, is it? Because who's important? God is important. Christ is important. And because he's important, we do. Because we love him and he's important. So when we study the word, we see more of God. We see him in far more detail, right? Here it says, do not turn to the right hand or to the left. We've heard that in one of the songs also. It it just ministered to me also. But very often, I think we don't catch what that really means. So I looked at the word right and left, um, and obviously it is right hand, left hand, no surprise there. But there was something else that I found in the Strong's Concordance. It said, as the stronger, right, which is the right, or by um, engulfing you. And isn't that what happens? We look at God and we look at the left and the right. And maybe this could be good. and Maybe that could be good. And what we don't realize is we make these other things bigger than God is. Because that is what we're focusing on. When we're dealing with bad things, we should go, go like Sinner said, to the teacher. He should be more visible. But what happens to us? These things, left and right, become more, far more visible. Far more important, isn't it? So... He carries on, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And when you read that, you think, oh, you mustn't talk about it. No, that's not what is meant here. Remember in in Revelation, Christ said to the one church, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. That basically is, you're not part of me anymore. And that's what's meant here. Don't spit it out. Don't throw it out. Keep it within. Because if you read on, it says meditating on it day and night so think about it and and that it and then be careful to do what is written in it and why should we do this um that word for always indicates that we're now looking for why we do that and people read these two words prosperous and success and they say Woo-hoo! i like this message let's take this verse out and talk about that one this is cool. But look at what prosperous means. It's pushing forward. It's breaking out. Right? And look at what success means. It's staying on the right path. So when we meditate on the word, when we stick with the word, when we stick with God, we, we break through in our lives. We walk through and we stay on track. That is why we do it. Does God tell us today still? To be courageous and strong? I think he does. I wish I could go through the whole Romans 8. Romans 8 is so, so cool. And I encourage you to go through the first 27 verses that I skipped. Because I, if I had the time, right? <laughs> if I had the time. Let's go through this quickly and just ch- uh, see what it says to us. And I hope it ministers to you as it did to me. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I spoke to a lady um, at a parenting workshop three weeks ago um, that, that was raped by three men. How do you tell a lady like that? All things work together for the good. I heard the last week of of our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan that are being persecuted, that are being killed. How do you tell them? All things work together for the good. I want to ask you to leave your theology behind and, and just listen to the words. It reads on, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. In the end it's about being in a relationship again with God. It's being with God and being family of God. And those whom he predestined he also called. And those whom he called he also justified. And those whom he justified he glorified. Our end is glorious. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, as Sinner said, but gave him up for us all, how will we not also with him graciously Give us all things. How will he not do that? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, not us. It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who, um, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? What shall separate us from his love? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. How are you more than a conqueror? The picture in my mind is the following. I'm in this town, and people come in, and they have just conquered. They've got this success, and they're walking in. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking, the guy that loved me already got this victory. I'm so happy for you, but... I'm more than a conqueror already, right? Uh, So it's amazing to be a conqueror, but it's a done deal, guys. It's a done deal. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, in summary, we should run toward God with our fears of imperfection and not from Him. We should admit our imperfections to each other um, and thereby show that we understand that our best works truly mean nothing, but neither do our failures because we are saved through grace alone. Please note Not trying is not failing. It is rejecting the Savior and not making Him your Lord. Don't miss that message. What did we learn from Joshua? God does it. Enter into His rest because He gives you peace. God is not surprised by your fears and weaknesses. Um, Be about God's work and He'll never Leave you nor forsake you. The main way you remind remind yourself of this is by reading and meditating on the word and not focusing on the power of your surroundings. God has a purpose for you. And you might not like it, but just do it anyway. Study the word and see more of God. Do not allow any anything to deceive you into perceiving it as stronger. Bigger and or bigger than God and engulf you. Keep the word as part of you. Live according to it, because you love it and never discard it. This will keep you on the track and pushing through. You see, everything will work out for the good, even when we should be slaughtered as our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan are. Nothing can separate us from God's love which awaits us in eternity because we are good enough via our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You might say to yourself, but what about the now? I would say to you, if you focus on the now, you might miss eternity. If you focus on eternity, you see how the now in proper perspective. The good is better than it ever could be. And the bad is insignificant. You see, God is the medication for the imposter syndrome. Will you make him part of your healing? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you love us so much. That you gave your son on the cross. So that we can live, Lord. And we don't need to live um, a futile life that is never really living. I praise you for your glorious message. And I pray that you will help us to stay on track and see our lives in the proper perspective from eternity. Amen. This is Rico Aveca and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.